Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Oh, boy. (laughs) Hi, I'm Liana Holston. And I'm Sienna Jekyll. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the American Film Institute's 100 greatest American movies of all time. The very slightly less racist 10th anniversary edition. This podcast is a safe flag for people who don't know anything about movies. Today we're watching Yankee Doodle Dandy. I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yankee Doodle. Number 98? Yeah. Number 98 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this patriotic Mm. old film. Mm-hmm. Content warning, blackface. Yep. Uh, <laughs> just American patriotism. <laughs> it's a red flag yeah. these days. It's a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Liana. Final three movies. And this was in the final three? Of course. <laughs> of course. They said three more. We That was our chance. Yeah. We have to get in... They cannot before we let you go. (laughs) Yeah, I checked as well. This was number 100 on the first version of the list and it got bumped up two spots for the 10th anniversary. (laughs) I don't understand, Mm -hmm. but we'll have to discuss that more. Mm. First, Liana, I would love to hear if you knew anything about this movie, about this famous, popular, (laughs) (laughs) well-known, beloved, of course, finger on the pulse. Mm. (laughs) here here's sienna is my prediction for yankee doodle dandy hi sienna it's liana i'm about to watch yankee doodle dandy (laughs) which sounds like it's gonna be racist as hell i don't even know how long this movie is i don't know when it is from but i would guess like the 30s or earlier And I I just think it's going to have some problematic takes about certain regions of the United States of America. Mm. Mm -hmm. Love you. Bye. Problematic takes about certain regions. (laughs) Just like you. Oh, that is just like me. (laughs) Regionalist queen. Sienna. All right. Sienna, I'd I'd love please to hear your prediction for Yankee Doodle Dandy. Hi, Liana. Hi. I'm about to watch Yankee Doodle Dandy. Mm. Well, the only thing I have to guess is that a man will put a feather in his hat oh, and call it macaroni. macaroni. Yep. <laughs> in reality, this is probably going to be like patriotic. Whoa. I'm seeing stars Whoa. and stripes. Whoa. 
Yes. Okay. Um, I'm concerned. I gotta mm-hmm. say, I'm concerned because yeah. I don't know when that song, for example, would take place. <laughs> but it feels like 18th century. Yeah. Oh. Rah rah. Oh. I was off. I don't know. I did. Think All right. Um, okay. I love you. Goodbye. Aww. I get it. There was a moment in the film where I was like, wait, is this a Revolutionary War piece? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought it was going to be, because what is a Yankee Doodle dandy? Yeah. And I still don't know. <laughs> well, see, but Anna. I will do my best yeah. to explain it. No, I'm not going to do that at all. But I will tell you sort of what the movie's about. Yes. <laughs> Yankee Doodle Dandy. This movie is a biopic <laughs> about the guy who wrote Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> As well as other extremely patriotic 19th and 20th century American classics like Grand Old Flag Mm -hmm. and more. (laughs) The man in question is George Cohen. Cohen? Cohen. Who is remembered as the man who owned Broadway, but who is not so remembered these days in general, not to be rude. And so... As a movie, it's kind of like, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. By the way, the whole thing takes place within a frame story of Cohan receiving the Congressional Gold Medal of Honor Mm. from FDR, Mm. which is hilarious. Mm. He kind of just remembers his life and all the songs he wrote. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. The movie... You, as a, a young woman in 2023, said, I've been waiting for this movie. Mm-hmm. A, a biopic about George Cohan. Oh, yeah. You said when FDR gave him the Medal of Honor, you said, oh, I knew that this guy was a real guy the whole time. <laughs> it's not this specific scene that made me think, oh, <laughs> was this guy a real guy? And that's why this Are- is a film? Are you talking about the last scene? Yes. Because it was also the first scene. But he didn't say it was the Medal of Honor in the first scene. He just was like, hi, I'm FDR. Tell me your life story. Right, right, right. As FDR was want to do. There's one thing I actually noticed about this movie, which is that it's very, um, it's stocked full of uh, American sentiment. (laughs) Wait, that's not right. That's true. That's uh, it's very, it's very patriotic. Yeah. And I, I was desperately desiring oh. some sort of context for the film mm-hmm. while watching it. Yeah. And do you have some of that that you could possibly provide? Have you heard of a year called 1942? I did notice that year and I did wonder if it would be relevant. Uh, USA, 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 and welcome to the historical context for Yankee Doodle Dandy, the 1942 musical film starring James Cagney and in fact his sister, Jean Cagney, who plays his oh. sister in the film. Fun. Hmm. They were actually siblings. Fun. George M. Cohan, real life George M. Cohan, wanted Fred Astaire to play him in the film, but Fred Astaire turned that. down the role due to different dance styles. Huh. As you may have seen in the film, this was a specific style and specific way of moving the body. And Fred Astaire was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of but. It was but. The actress Rosemary DeCamp, who played Cohan's mother, is in fact 11 years younger than James Cagney, who played the Cohan. The ages in this movie were all over the place. It was a mess. The movie combined George M. Cohan's two real-life wives, Ethel and Agnes, into a single character of Mary to that omit the fact that he had divorced and remarried IRL. Um, Pearl Harbor, the attack on it, famously occurred in December 1941. And this film came out in May of 1942 on Memorial Day, in fact. So it was just around the time that the U.S. was entering the global stage for the Second World War. And patriotism was once again needed at an all-time high. It's the first time a living president was portrayed in a motion picture. Apparently, wow. because literally FDR is a character in the film. 
The movie was directed by the guy who directed Casablanca, whose name I did not write down. That Ah. movie came out in the same year. So big year for that guy. For blank. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For insert name here during the edit. Rather than tickets to the New York premiere, the studio sold war bonds. What? Uh Uh-huh. Because it was the war. (laughs) And they allegedly raised five million American dollars. Wow. It was the war. Yeah. And they were really doing it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They were big time in it. World War II? They really did it. They were like, we're back again. Here we Uh go. James. Yeah, I know. That's fascinating isn't that crazy james cagney the actor in the late 30s he was named during a house on american activities committee hearing as a potential communist so he was a little bit blacklisted and felt he and his brother both felt that they had to make the most patriotic movie ever that is exactly the context i need No, guys, look, 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 look. Doesn't look, it look, just look, kind look. of explain it all? It explains so much. Yeah. Because because it being patriotic to like fit the American sentiment at the time makes some sense, but mm-hmm. there's a desperation in it <sighs> that can only be explained by somebody's <laughs> career being on the line <laughs> in a sort of blacklist situation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh. And finally, a bit about George M. Cohan himself. He lived from 1878 to 1942. He was actually born on July 3rd, not July 4th, as they purport in the film. Yeah, I know. That's his whole deal. America Eve, not America Day. That's like the whole thing. Yeah, that's his whole thing. This was born on the 4th of July. This baby is is America. He is America. They literally said he's America in a pair of pants. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) America in a pair of pants. Ooh. Okay. Oh God. Okay. (laughs) Fuck. George M. Cohan's father, Jerry, performed in blackface in minstrel shows around the country. Big Mm. fucking yikes. Jerry wrote his own songs, choreographed his own dances, it staged and managed his own act up until he started performing with his wife, Nellie. His son, George M. Cohen, was in formal schooling until eight and then joined the family vaudeville troupe. They ultimately formed the Four Cohans, which is what the troupe is called in the movie. That was true. And they still made deeply problematic use of the minstrelsy format when performing all together, which is also seen in the movie. Yes. (laughs) All right. George M. Cohan was very prolific. He published over 300 songs and created over 50 musicals through over the course of his career. He blended Irish musical and literary traditions into American musical theater, song, and dance, and is widely oh. considered the father of the American musical comedy. I also read in my reading that his father, Jerry, these minstrelsy troops that he would travel with, often they were like groups of Irish performers, specifically Irish Americans uh-huh. who were like, oh, we're Irish, we're bringing like the Hibernian spirit, but then also they would perform in blackface as well. So that was a uh, just a like that's the refrain. kind of thing to remember when people will talk about like there were different ty- like different white people were treated differently through history. Yeah, it's like yes, yeah, sure. we know, but there's all, there's so much yep. more. Yep. At the end of the day, don't cut out that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> George M. Cohan penned some very famous patriotic songs, quote, celebrating the American spirit, end quote, including You're a Grand Old Flag. You're a high flying bag. Oh, give my regards to Broadway. And of course, over there, the 1917 Song of the Summer. Which was inspired, apparently genuinely, by a bugle call, which they sort of do in the movie. And I was like, no way. And then I Googled it and they said, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That song, if you're not familiar, it's the one that goes over there, over there. Over there. And then the refrain is the Yanks are coming. And we won't come back till it's over, over there. So it was a rallying patriotic song for America's entrance into World War One then was used again when America decided to enter into World War II. 
the song did not land during the Vietnam War. <laughs> Americans were like, no, that's not. All right. Okay. The vibes have shifted. That is no longer the energy. It's kind of yeah. only threatening as a song. Now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Also, they discovered better music by then because that song was a stinker. <laughs> Dude, it's I'll been stuck it. in my head for 24 hours. I've been wandering around the UK humming. Mm-hmm. Over there. Mm-hmm. Over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In 1919, this is sort of shockingly relevant. The Actors' Equity Association went on strike. Whoa. But George Hello. M. Cohan stood with the studios. Uh. So that's kind of a bit about the kind of guy that he was. <laughs> but oh, that's so funny. In 1940, he was indeed awarded the Congressional Gold Medal by Franklin Delano Roosevelt for his efforts to boost World War I wartime morale with the song Over There. George M. Cohan... Uh. Over there. George M. Cohan died in November of 1942. The movie again came out Memorial Day that same year, and he was able to see it before he passed. He said of the film, quote, my God, what an act to follow, end quote. And then again, he died in November of that year. And then um, <laughs> the only way to top this is dying. Honestly, bit of a slay. Fair enough. Out with a bang. Over there. Oh, my God. The great over there, the biggest over there, the most over there uh, one could be. Author Lawrence Maslin was quoted in an NPR article saying, quote, I had the misfortune of sitting through King Kong the other night. And it uh. begins with this girl who shows up with a suitcase in 1933 saying, I want to be the, que- the queen of Broadway. That mythology we have of seeing your name in lights, nobody summed that up better than George M. Cohan. And finally, a statue of George M. Cohan stands at the center of Times Square today and is the only public statue of a theater performer in Manhattan. Wow. And that is the end of the historical context for Yankee Doodle Dandy. Fascinating. Thank you. It's a grand old ad. We will be right back. (laughs) See you soon. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave. And then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. I'm Stephanie J. Block, and I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks, and we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes, hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Liana, thank you so much for that historical context that really makes some things click. <laughs> much like the sound of his shoes. Or his mouth sometimes. Oh, yeah. Gosh, shall we move on to phone notes? Where we, of course, talk about the notes that we took on our phones while watching this film. <laughs> um, what did I need to say first based on what you were just saying? Oh, yeah. Who, who is that? And why am I watching an entire movie about him? Mm -hmm. And why is it on the list? Mm -hmm. I, that is one thing I couldn't quite figure out mm. is why I'm not, no shade, just these are the 100 <laughs> greatest movies. And yeah. most of them have a very fundamental part of how they affected cinematic American history. Mm. But this one, I'm like, it's just another musical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know James Cagney won the Oscar for his portrayal. I think people were like, oh my gosh we're seeing him in a way we've never seen him before because he used to play mobsters a lot. Right. So this was like a landmark performance by him. But as a film, again, I think it... It was like, okay. I mean... It feeds our hypothesis that this is actually just the 100 most American movies of all time. Yeah. <laughs> because, oh my God, this is top, boy. top three for that, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Ooh. very true. He was... He the definition... Of through ass multiple times he in the movie. Was, I don't know if you noticed that. It was up to the sky. It was like he, he was, was being foisted. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like he was foisted by his patootie mm -hmm. back and forth across the stage. And it was it was a bit of a sleigh. I mean Foisted by his own patoot. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was a bit of a sleigh? I hated every minute of it. Really? It made me so he mad. Does why? Because it was so. He moves? I didn't respect it at all. I, in my reading, they were like, "This was really accurate to how George M. Cohen himself danced. Like that was the oh. style." And I was like, "Ugh." <laughs> I is it a style or just like how his body works? Yeah, that's a great point. I don't know. Liana, you said this man is moving too fast. Oh, when he's pretending to be an old man. Thank you. Yes. And he thrusts. That was crazy. And then he gets up and he does a little, a little shuffle about okay this woman who ends up becoming his wife this happens all the time in old movies I, I don't think i ended up i don't think i phrased this well enough to actually highlight this but i did want to touch on this thing will happen in movies where like <laughs> the man will like intimidate frighten <laughs> stress out yeah gaslight confuse <laughs> upset a woman yeah and then we'll find out at the end of their interaction that this was their meet cue mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like he's dressed up as an old man. So she's like, I really need advice because I want to know if I should like do this as my profession, if I if I can make it as an actress. Yeah. And he's pretending to be an old man for a long time, even though he is clearly a young man in old man's makeup. Mm -hmm. She gets really distressed. And then at the end and then she ends up becoming his wife anyway. But in between that, <laughs> while he is still confusing her as maybe an old man, maybe a young man. Yeah. He's like, look, I may be old, but I'm spry. And he does the fastest <laughs> Little dance. It it was like watching a silent film where the the camera speed is sped uh -huh. up. Yeah. So <sighs> his spooky his dance style is sort of hoisted by his own patoot. Foisted or foisted? foisted? I, I guess hoisted. Wow, what is um, the difference? I think foisting is something different. Mm, that's too bad. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Let me look it up. It's so much more fun to say foist impose an unwelcome or unnecessary person or thing. Okay, on. he foisted yeah, the dancing upon. on us yes, he, and he hoisted, he hoisted by his own patoot. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. He foisted upon and he was hoisted by. Foisting mm -hmm. very fast feet yeah. upon everyone yeah. in his midst. <laughs> Sienna, yeah. you've made an important point here, which is imagine there was no entertainment at all. A little boy throwing eggs at a big man would be amazing. 
You're so right. I was thinking, I was like, what is the appeal here? But I forgot there was no other entertainment at all. There is nothing to watch. (laughs) You have books. This is the only place to go on a night out. There's nowhere to go. There's There's nowhere. The only only chance you have at entertainment Mm -hmm. is either somebody on the street doing something interesting. Which has happened in films. Has happened. Like that woman, the gammon who dances in that Chaplin film. I mean, busking must have been much more popular at the time because like, wh- how often, how much of a treat would it be to see something entertaining? You can't just pull out a phone or like go to your TV or go to the entertainment box. No. Yeah. You could go to the theater and all these little boys too, these little boys must have been over the moon because how often do you get to see a little boy doing something, someone like you doing something entertaining? Well, they hated it. They beat him. They beat him to they a did, crap. They, they did. They did beat him to a crap. <laughs> and his parents were like, yeah, you deserved it. Well, you were an asshole. Sienna, you wrote, quote, you have a great voice. If you want a job answering our phones, end quote, take it, take the job, a job. Yeah. (laughs) I was at first like, that's very rude. And then I was like, if I was in a situation where somebody was sassing me right now Mm -hmm. and they sassed me by being like, do you want a job doing this thing that maybe you won't like? I would be like, are you kidding? A hundred percent. Me as well. If anybody out there is offering us jobs, we will do them. We're in the job application hell world hell and i hate it it's awful i don't want to do that yep. i would totally i would absolutely take a spite job right now mm-hmm. somebody giving me a job out of spite for the good of an insult yep i, I would take it in a heartbeat mm-hmm. are you kidding me mm-hmm. if anybody has a spite job if any of our if anybody uh any of our one star reviewers wants to <laughs> tell us oh yeah the only time i'd listen to these women's voices is if they were the voice uh, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. my company of and I paid them $50,000 or more a year. <laughs> We'd be like, okay, I'm listening. Yeah. I would love to apply for that job via being annoying to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Liana, you said old Lang Syne. At one point in one of the many songs, they start rocking old Lang Syne. And I was like, in every white film, Mm-hmm. They will at some point or another play Auld Lang Syne. For the most part, he's doing what you've noted of being an ordinary guy who knows what ordinary guys like to see. You know what ordinary guys like to see? The American flag. <laughs> and there, again, kept, there are so many flags. They kept saying that, that, like his whole deal, which after watching the whole, like the whole movie, I, I did not see that being true yeah where they kept saying you know you're just a regular guy you're just like an american guy so you can kind of speak for the american people people really under understand your content mm-hmm. his content was 100 percent just him saying america yeah american flag again there was no like personhood attached to it it was really mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. country forward yeah liana you said this guy just said world war one is easier than doing a musical <laughs> He did say that. No, he said the opposite. (laughs) Oh, no, he did say that. It was crazy. He was like, you think, oh, you're not going to let me fight in a war? Have you ever tried doing kickball chain? (laughs) And then he does another one of his really fast dances. He moves (laughs) his legs so fast in the recruiting office. He goes, you won't let me in your war? Watch this. (laughs) And everybody goes, wow. And then a guy comes up and goes, that was pretty good, but... No. Yeah. Oh, you God. obviously can't fight in the war still. <laughs> that was the funniest part of the movie when a guy said that musical theater was harder than World War One. Yeah. <laughs> you think the trenches are hard to navigate? Try the second show on a Saturday once everybody comes drunk. <laughs> Try being in rehearsal on a Monday for seven hours. <laughs> Nothing is harder than that. New war technology? Try Tech Week. (laughs) You think the sound Uh, of a shell coming out of the sky is scary? Try hearing the stage manager's voice on the God mic. (laughs) Calling stop in the middle of the speed through for tech. Uh, You think... (laughs) You think a bomb going off is loud? Try hearing the bookshelf, one of the bookshelves from the set of The Secret Garden, fall over backstage during a quiet (laughs) moment in the show. (laughs) I still have PTSD. 
You think they developed alcoholism because of the war? Try going to the cast party after Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I developed alcoholism just so I could have something to say in Ten Fingers. <laughs> you think they were harrowed by their experiences? Try playing Never Have I Ever in a room full of maybe virgins, but none of us will admit it. And we're all too scared to find out if we're the only one. You're scared of landmines? Try landing a roll. <laughs> You're scared of enlisting? Try reading the cast list and seeing that you're not on it. <laughs> oh my God, I could do this bit forever. I we should love just do this, this for the whole episode. <laughs> we can cut everything else. 40 minutes of this. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh, Liana. Mm. This part was so funny. You said, did he just die on screen? Did the haze code allow that? I couldn't believe this. You wrote, whoa, he died, LOL. That was wild. So things get very somber when his father, the older Kohan, yes. is sick and starts to pass away. Just that there had been, it had been the four of them. He begins mm -hmm. to pass away. Mm -hmm. It had been the four of them. They had this thing where at the end of their performances, they would say, my mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you. Yeah. So he ends up saying that to his father. And Off screen, the mother and sister die. <laughs> but the scene they have to focus on. Oh, yeah. The doctor's like, oh, it's so sad that his mother and sister died before. Wait. He's already lost I them. That. Oh, yeah. What did they die of? It, they Being women. Like, it does not. There's no explanation given. But the father is, of course, the most important member. That's so funny. So he says oh to last. But he dies on screen, on camera. He literally, what happens is. He goes, oh, I love you, father. Uh, we all thank you. He finally, st he starts to cry. And because of toxic masculinity, because boys aren't allowed to cry, mm. his father, immediately upon seeing his son shed tears, goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he disappoints his father to death. <laughs> he goes, I got to check out for this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And he turns his head and he is dead. Yeah, to camera. <laughs> and I was pretty surprised. I, I didn't think that sort of thing could be shown. Right? Agreed. Have we seen that in another like 40s or 30s movie? I feel like this was we a first. Maybe that's why it's on the list. Leave his body. Yeah. First movie first to movie. include a sitting president and somebody expiring to yeah. camera. <laughs> Liana, you said... <laughs> what is it a bit oh. insensitive to dance this much if he's playing fdr <laughs> i don't think we can keep this but he's kind of rubbing it in you know <laughs> I was like, I think the American public knew FDR was in a wheelchair by this uh -huh. point. Yeah. And he's like, look at my feet move. He's moving his legs so fast. <laughs> FDR never That's hoisted kind of the by whole his point own patoot. Of the dance. It's not as much like an artistic expression, as much of an expression of look what my legs are doing. Yeah. I just felt a bit, felt inappropriate. <laughs> I think that's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> and was this supposed to be after he got the Congressional Medal of Honor? It was, yeah. He sort of does the show and then leaves the show to go get the Congressional Medal of Honor. Okay. So he also tells FDR about this, too. So he's like, and then I played you. And yeah. I danced so much. Yeah. So well. Uh-huh. And I, I <laughs> threw my so body fast. all around. Mm -hmm. And everybody loved it so much. I foisted my dancing on the whole crowd. Uh-huh. they lost their minds. Sorry, everyone, we have to step away for a few minutes, so we'll see you when, you when we come back from an ad break. We'll see you over there. Over there. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. 
In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with the season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. U.S. Yay. Sienna, shall we? Yes. Shall we shuffle along into uh-huh. our segment, Badges and Trages? Yes. Welcome, everyone, where we award badges for Broadway. Ah, uh, and trages for troops performing in blackface. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, I have a badge for the guy reading the program to see how much longer this show is going to (laughs) be. I love that. That's so relatable. Mm. I have a badge for the racing scene song in the Yankee Doodle Dandy musical that they perform. Because also, by the way, we forgot to tell you, yes, this is a a biopic. And then every now and then they will just perform a play for part of the movie Mm -hmm. that happened twice. A little bit smash. full-on musical yeah and you go hmm. um is it gonna be this for the rest of the movie and they go no 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 we have a little bit more to we'll say back yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they'll go back to another one anyway mm-hmm. during the yankee doodle dandy uh jockey musical mm. there's a racing scene song and they're like yankee doodle takes the lead and i was like yeah yeah this this I would watch. Oh, this I would man. see. A badge for her new Rochelle costume. The star uh-huh. actress that they recruit to be the the woman in Ms. the show. Templeton. Okay. Her costume that she wears, the long skirt that's black and white stripes. Do you remember oh. that? Oh, my gosh. Many of the costumes she, I found silly. That one, gorgeous. She was powerful. Mm, a powerful she woman. She was very powerful. Yeah. Powerful presence. Powerful presence. Speaking of her, Ms. Templeton, the songstress, Mm. I have, for one of the scenes that she was in, I have a badge for the men gleefully packing up her suitcase again, like an assembly line. Mm, That was an insane moment. really funny. 
So it's one of these scenes where she's like, I'm the beautiful woman in town. And then there are 10 men who are like, we love you. Yeah. We love you. Please don't leave. Come back soon. And then her suitcase breaks open. Her bloomers fly on the ground and all of her stuff. And she goes like, oh, Mm -hmm. they get like a little like toot toot assembly line and they pass all of her clothes and they're like, la, 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 and put them back in the suitcase. Yeah. Barbershop quartet vibes. Very bouncy. Yeah. Finger wagging. Yeah. Charm. My final badge is a badge for I now know what year it is because they walk out of the theater to a headline that screams Lusitania torpedoed by German sub. And I said, yep, finally, I, happened, I was like, Leon's going to be so happy about the Lusitania. I have a badge for Uncle Felix from Christmas in Connecticut. He was the, oh, Hungarian or something. My God, it's been I so forget. long since I've heard about Christmas in Connecticut. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he was only in it briefly, but. He's always in it as sort of a European man who speaks sort of broken English and mm. is very charming. So he'll be like, what does this word mean? And then they're like, it means this. And he's like, oh. <laughs> Badge for the sticker borders part when they're traveling the world oh, finally. Oh, sure. They have a fun little effect where they like zoom in on a suitcase and mm-hmm. then we see them on a sticker on the suitcase. Yeah. Like, in that place. I, I thought that was cute. And then my final badge is for this throwing ass <laughs> of the the dancing. I, that was like, I, I didn't expect that. His yeah. moves were unique. Mm, y- y- and he seemed to love doing it. <laughs> he seemed to love flinging himself down the stairs like, and then kind of throwing his bum across the stage. It was, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was certainly something. Tragis? Tragis. I have a trage for almost every, if not every, black character is a servant. Yes. 100% of the time. Mm. Or they're in a play about formerly enslaved people. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's very glaring. Mm-hmm. Especially when it ends up being a movie about, like, America. Oh, yeah. And the the classic American person. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, mm. Um, Trage for blackface oh my god hot damn hot damn. oh my god i mean again it's about this like american entertainment of course that was actually present yeah and of course this family did do that especially on Just the vaudeville circuit jesus christ trage yeah trage 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 for patriotism it's just a bit embarrassing these days <laughs> bit embarrassing bit embarrassing bit embarrassing trage for not a lot of performers in this movie are particularly charming. Mm, I, I really was like, I really agree with wasn't, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of times, especially in these forties movies, you know, they'll have, it'll be like, Oh, she slays or, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, he was kind of fun. Not really in this one. It, there wasn't anybody really grabbing me. Oh my God. At one point I wrote down, well, he's no Jack lemon. Yeah. This role wasn't that interesting. Like it just, yeah, it, it, it wasn't giving. He's got a squat face. Trage for, blackface from from me as well a triple trage for it y'all there's one scene where there's somebody in the background in blackface and you're like oh no Mm. and then there's another scene later where the entire family parades across the stage during a montage in blackface i screamed no i was also watching it in another person's home oh god other people there and i was like i'm so sorry everyone yeah i'm so i i was it was appalling Trage for the song over there is terrible. Ooh. This song, hmm. I, me personally, could not understand how anybody would find it to be in any way pleasurable. I thought it was garbage. Uh, a repetitive swill. Um, you know, we, we all are entitled to our own opinion. <laughs> over there. I'm not going to badge there. over there. I'm not crazy. But I have been humming it to myself all day long. (laughs) I just, I see from the ending number of the movie, I just, I understand how it could be like a rallying song for the country. A trage for that bow was not synced at all. This family needed to get their shit together and use their peripheral vision to bow at the same damn time. Did I shine my shoes? Yes, I shined my shoes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for understanding. Trage for... This scene, which I think was taken from an actual musical, it seems like it was a clip, a thing from it, where presumably a crowd of formerly enslaved people. Oh my God! Praising oh, Abraham Lincoln at the like Lincoln an Memorial. God, that was 
nuts. They are singing at him like he is Jesus Christ, and the 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 sun is shining on the Lincoln Memorial mm-hmm. as if he he's just saved mm-hmm. saved them all. And they're singing one of Cohen's songs, and you go, oh, oh no, uh, um, yeah, uh, just want to clarify for everybody that this is not accurate, that ain't right. yeah, that this ain't right, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's still that's like. It just there's a lot of parts of this movie where you go, oh, this is where this American sentiment sort of developed. Uh, yeah. Or here's when people were really like, yes, this is true. This is right. Anyway, that was a very cringy. Uh, oh, my God. Little moment. Trage for I graduate from high school Tuesday when his soon to be wife meets him for the first time. That's that's the life stage we're meeting her in. It, it made me think of uh, your comments in the last picture show. And you're like, if only there was a way that we could know. We need that line saying, this uh-huh. is how old I am. And they did that. But she, hers was it in was all wrong. the worst yeah. ways. <laughs> Soon, um, I could be there on Saturday, except for that I have my high school graduation. Uh, <laughs> like, mm. No. Uh, oh, my final trage is that I was watching this with other people and I felt bad. Yeah. Because A, there were some problematic moments. And B, I was like, I actually said at one point, I said, guys, I feel personally responsible for the fact that this movie is not over. <laughs> It's just the one movie I decided to be like, ask my friend, like, hey, do you want to watch my movie with me? Usually there's something interesting going on or something like even frustrating elements to movies that you can all talk out together. Yeah. This one just wasn't very fruitful conversationally, Mm-mm. which I know we're doing a podcast about it. But for just like, yeah, just a, a randos, group of f- randos. Yeah, it was like one friend and like her roommates. And it put me to sleep. Like, I'm really sorry that we're all watching Yankee Doodle Dandy right now. Absolutely. I didn't mean to do that unto your home. Trage for a woman cries in every scene. Oh my God, it was so annoying. It was so annoying. That's a great point. Trage for the dancing is not hot. A lot of times a man doing choreography, 98% of the time, a man doing choreography will get me a little hot and bothered. In this one, I was cold and I was annoyed. Trage for, quote, the minstrel show, end quote. They're checking in on George's other programs. And he's like, how's this play doing? How's this thing doing? How's the minstrel show? I was like, fuck's sake. <laughs> and finally, a trage for, did they fridge the mother and the sister? Oh my God, they did. They shoved them into the same fridge and they crammed that door closed. <laughs> I can't, the, 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 the sister? Yeah. The sister was like 30. I know. I so was, was the mom. <laughs> ridiculous oh well liana shall we move on from badges and tragedies shall we move on yes yes sir saluting we are saluting each other let us move on to our segment how to pretend you've seen this film Mm. this is for you are backstage oh you are backstage getting ready to go on to your ensemble role (laughs) okay (laughs) all right well this is i guess kind of my home And uh, you're listening, you know, waiting the, waiting for your cue, and George George comes up to you. <laughs> he says, you know, I've actually composed a song about this exact situation. And I'd love to strum it for you because I've modeled my entire life off a man who wrote 300 songs during his life. And I'm, oh. I'm going to sing you a long rendition of a rough draft of my tune about America right now. And in order to stop George... From foisting facts upon you. Yes, from foisting facts upon you about this film, we are going to give you some sentences you can say to pretend you've seen the movie Yankee Doodle Dandy. (laughs) Yes, George, I've seen Yankee Doodle Dandy. Somebody in that movie says how they attended school near Boston. And I say to them what I say to everybody who says that to me. Just say Harvard. <laughs> you can say you went to Harvard. Yes, George, I have seen the film Yankee Doodle Dandy. That extremely patriotic film reflects a moment in American history when propaganda and American visuals could just be perceived as regular old rah-rah entertainment uh, for the common man. Um, It also reflects a desperation that the filmmaker was exuding as he tried desperately not to be blacklisted. (laughs) 
the star of the film. Oh my god. Was it what's his name? The star? Yeah, James Cagney. Oh, James Cagney. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't want to play a gangster right now. I'd really love to play this American. I'm the most American man Icon. there's ever been. That's Look at me god. dance. Ha cha 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 cha. Sorry to interrupt you, George, but I dropped my mechanical pencil and I need it to write down my blocking. Would you mind just going and getting it for me? No, it's not here. It's um over there. Over there. <laughs> And don't come back till you get it over there. Thanks, George. Yes, George. First of all, you are so lucky that you're even here right now because you are one of two men to have auditioned for this musical. Mm. But also, of course, I've seen the film Yankee Doodle Dandy. What American has not seen the film Yankee Doodle Dandy? One thing about that movie is it's about... George Cohan, mm. who maybe a lot of us might not remember him these days, but he was a very important part of building the Broadway we know and love today. And um, one fun fact, it's more Irish than I expected. <laughs> George, I've seen the film Yankee Doodle Dandy. A faceless FDR says... A man may give his life to his country in many different ways, and I feel that I'm giving mine now by having to listen to you talk about Phil. Thank me for my service. And then you hear your cue and walk on stage. To the back, as you are still the ensemble. As you are still the ensemble. You're you're high upstage. (laughs) And because you're a uh, tall woman. <laughs> you you also kick George into the orchestra pit yeah, on your way. With those character shoes, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you, you march right into the uh, box step that is our segment, Should You Watch This Or, in which we tell you if you should watch this movie or if you should do something else with your time. Yeah. And we won't come back till it's over over there. Uh, no, you do not need to watch this movie. Okay. You do not need to watch Yankee Doodle Dan, mm-hmm. in my humble American opinion. Yeah. Something you could watch instead that also comes out, came out in 1942. Oh, no. So it's an old movie. If you want to watch an old movie that has an interesting tie to the war oh and uh, American culture at the time and the world of the theater. Oh, you can watch the movie To Be or Not To Be. Oh my gosh. Starring Hamlet? This... No. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Hamlet. Uh, no. But it does have um, Carol Lombard, who is the... I do believe this is true. She's She was the wife of... Or she was married to... Clark Gable. He, she was the one who Whoa. he like loved so much, and then she died in oh. like very tragically in like a plane. Oh gosh, accident sure. in World War Two. Oh. Anyway, um, so that's a whole Hollywood story. But she's so funny. She is such a good actress. And I saw this movie long ago, but remembered really enjoying it. My brother recommended it, and then just yesterday, I was talking to one of my my friends who I watched this with. Her roommate brought it up to me again, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that movie was great." And actually. Reminds me a lot of this one in a lot of ways. But if you want to watch an old movie, it's like wartime. It was, it came out right before the U.S. entered World War II. And it's like, the characters are managing a theatrical troupe when the Nazis invade Poland. Whoa. That's what the movie's about. And it's very, it's very relevant to the time. Mm -hmm. And it's very fun and funny. And there's a leading lady in it who doesn't cry in every scene. Nice. I just remember really enjoying that movie. I would very much recommend that one. So watch that instead of this. All right. Yes. Liana. Oh, it has 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like, Liana, what would you suggest? Or maybe you think people should watch it. If you are looking for a film that centers around a war (laughs) that features men and one guy with a relatively squat face and some people whose legs do move quickly and an absolutely rousing score you should watch 1917 how did i know one of my last few opportunities to plug that film oh i know sienna what would you rate the film yankee oh. doodle dandy <laughs> oh <laughs> um yeah 
Um, <laughs> boy, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out why this movie was on the list. Mm. <laughs> that tells you anything. As far as movies from the 1940s go, there's actually a ton of fun ones. Because this is back when truly talent was the name of the game. Like, you can tell that the actors on screen did not go to school for anything but dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And for that reason, there's a lot of entertaining movies out there. This one was like fine yeah. to to not that great. Mm-hmm. So I can't give it that high of a score. There's just so many that I would say are better. Totally. Uh, like a one? Yep. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to give Yankee Doodle Dandy a one eyebrow wigs out of yes. five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anna, what about yourself? Same. I'm giving it one star and stripe out of mm. five. There were a couple of moments that I was like, oh, charming. That, that huge bouquet. Yeah, totally. She's a little bit clever at him once where she's like, I knew from the moment you showed up with a huge bouquet that you had given away my song, but like uh-huh. sort of tricked you into like giving me a bigger role. Great. The rest of it. <laughs> and, you know, a harsh lens to be viewing it through a 2023 right, yeah. lens. I we're we, of course, always accept that. But, oh, God, anything that's inherently patriotic towards America right. or really any nation is like, ooh, yeah. oh, no. I, I do think what you just pointed out about, like, the things that are charming about it, you can just find in other movies. Totally. I also much, just, at a much honestly, every single song felt like a lullaby in that it, it was putting me right to bed. I was not enthralled. Yeah, he created a lot of great music for the time, but that music isn't very good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it. <laughs> and there you go, everybody. This has been Tossed Popcorn's review of Yankee Doodle Dandy. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are all over social media at Tossed Popcorn on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. We have a Patreon that has a free trial if you want to see what's going on without fully committing. I very much relate to that. Patreon.com slash Tossed Popcorn for a ton, a metric ton of bonus content up there. And join us next week for the penultimate (gasps) film on the list when we will be watching... Toy Story. I have been looking forward to this since we started this podcast. And it's finally here. We made it. Thank you. We made it. We love you. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. I really struggled. I really struggled over there. Yeah. Over Over there. there. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.